Hello and welcome to Money Mondays with Artist Keith, the podcast. The reason why I say the podcast is because we've been live streaming Money Mondays through Facebook for about a year and a half. Now we have a podcast available through Podbean. I'm your host, Artist Keith. And if this is your first time listening to a Money Mondays episode, you're in for a treat. We talk about all personal money-related matters. We talk about investing, we talk about stocks, we talk about calculating dividend yields, we talk about things as small as practices for saving money, we talk about things as broad and as impactful as wills and trusts, we talk about really how to save your money and utilize it the best, improving your credit. All of these things fall under personal money matters, and that's what Money Mondays is here to help you with. Take any intimidating thing and we'll talk about it and put it in its simplest terms so you can be empowered. All right. We look forward to you following us throughout the life of Money Mondays. And as we post new episodes and we post old episodes, we hope that we help you in your Money Mondays journey. It really is. This is very mild. I don't have any lights. I don't have. Yeah. This is a very mild setup. Yeah. 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 So most people who know me and uh, who will probably be watching this stream actually are familiar with you because uh, we work together in a lot of capacities, including volunteering with kids on, on Saturday. So I appreciate you um, just agreeing to do this whole Money Mondays thing, which we're trying to continue to be consistent with because we know that there are people who want to understand different aspects of the financial world. And so we just want to put people in front of them that are trained professionals also who experience some of the same concerns about their own personal money and just have a conversation like we like we normally do when I have questions about different things or vice versa when you want to ask me questions about things. So this is our fourth episode for this Money Mondays. And uh, we have Byron Price. He is a uh, professional at a commercial banking company. But since he's got the name on his chest, <laughs> I'm not going to mention it, but, you know, you see who he is. And so what I like to do is I like to talk to Byron about things that directly not only affect commercial banking, but also affect personal finances. Because when I do entrepreneurship workshops, a lot of times I do throw commercial banks under the bridge because... Um, Normally, I'm talking to entrepreneurs who are in a startup phase in one to two um, years. And a lot of times, commercial banks, in my opinion, don't have services that benefit them. But I know I'm not always right about stuff, so that's why I wanted to bring you in, because there's always value in understanding 
the structure and the vertical of any organization, even a commercial banking organization. So, I mean, we get right down to it. Is there a benefit to having a checking account or a savings account in 2018 with a commercial bank, be it U.S. Bank, Bank of America, these huge banks, or these smaller um, credit unions? What, what's, the, what's the main benefit from, for an individual as well as somebody looking to start a business? Right. I, I would say uh, <clears throat> there's value and then there's value. So, to me, uh, the first thing people should look at with any bank, whether it's a big bank, small bank, is what resources can this institution bring to the table. And then a lot of that has to do with the people they're dealing with. So, for example, uh, when we say startup, meaning they get ready to start. Usually what I have found in my history is that <clears throat> people who are starting out need a lot of help, advice, and guidance. So it's more than just opening an account because usually um, they need direction on um, you know, if I need help on cash flow, if I need help on trying to price my product, who can you send me to or who do you know that can help me with that? So one would be what resources internally and externally you can help me with. Now, so that's, some, that's something you would expect for a commercial bank to be able to at least help you or direct you to those types of resources. Right. If I'm if I'm an individual and I'm 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 walking into a banking institution and the only thing they can do for me is open an account. That's and the, I need to get up and leave. That's the wrong okay. That makes sense. Because the complexity of what I'm trying to do is gonna take more than that. So I run into a, uh, a lot of uh, people starting out of business that, one, don't understand that, like, their personal credit follows them, that it doesn't exempt them because they got a business, because they are the business. Right. So they're going to evaluate them personally before they even get to the business. So if I'm a startup business, I may not have any sales, any revenue. I got an idea, which I think may go. So a thing that people fall back on is, okay, what what is your uh, character as an individual who owns this operation? Right. Right, that makes sense. Right, so that's, one thing they can go by. Well, because it, it'll never be a one-sided relationship. So even if I come to the bank with money, I expect the bank, like you said, to have resources. But the bank also expects to develop a structured relationship with a responsible party. At least that's the start, you know right. what I mean? So, hey, look, we're coming to provide you a service. Also, we expect you to, you know, reciprocate by, you know, being a stand-up person. At least 
you know, paying your bills on time. Because if we start to develop a relationship and you use some of the resources you all offer, then they need to, to understand that you're somebody who will pay your bills even if it's some some money being lent or something like right. that. Right. Okay. So it's just like anything <clears throat> is right, you know, character and et cetera. Uh, the stronger that is, then the deeper we can come when you you may need to borrow or try to establish credit. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I would say resources. Then the second thing would be, uh, especially if I'm starting out, you know, does this account, do I have to keep a certain amount of money in there? Or do I pay monthly fees? Gotcha. So, one, usually when I'm first starting out, I'm kind of struggling with that. Right. Because I don't know what my sales going to be, et cetera. So I want to look for something where I may not have monthly fees, nor do I have to keep a certain amount of money in there. Right. I got to make sure I'm not overdrawing the account. Create but, another bad relationship. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to do that. But I don't have this over my head that I got to always keep three hundred dollars, two hundred, wow. but I, I can keep, you know, a, a, a reasonable amount of money in there, but if my balance goes to zero, I don't pay a penalty for that, because I'm not required, you know, to keep a set amount of money in there. So, hold that, so we're talking about resources and then understanding the fee structure. Right. That's those are the first two things we look at when we talk about commercial lending. But let's hold that right there. And I got a question. So, is there? It, what is the benefit to having a checking account or savings account with a commercial lender in 2018? Like, give, give me at least one or two benefits because the rate of return for having money in there, you know, that that's nothing. So what, what would be some of the benefits for having in it, well, in addition to creating this relationship, what would be some of the benefits? Because if, if I had if I had $3,000, I, I, I wouldn't feel like I would, it would benefit me to put it in a commercial banking. But there's got to be some reasons. Tell, tell me some things. Well, to me, is, and I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so if I... If I open an account mm -hmm. and I don't have to keep an average balance, average daily balance. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, I put that 3000 in, but I got a, a month from now, I got to spend the 3000 to buy supplies. Okay. If I have to keep a balance, say it's $300, then I got to go find that other 300 because I only can spend 2700 right, right, right. out of that account. Right. So then I got to go find that money. But to me, a financial strategy is I got some place where I can put the three even if I spend the three. I don't have to worry about that because I don't have to 
prop nothing right back in the same day. Gotcha. Okay. I see what you're saying. So once I sell that product, I can okay. put whatever the sales is back into that, that account. Okay. Well, that's, and, that's definitely and a For startups, the base building block is a checking account. Okay. A business checking account. That's the base building block. And a lot of places give you business checking accounts for free now. Usually they don't have fees or is, is that is that trend are they some trending places do, okay. some, some places do, some places don't. Okay. Uh a lot of times what I run into when people say oh, they got an account and I'll ask them, Okay, what happened after you got the account? Uh, nothing. So I say <laughs> I I say people house money. And then people house money but get advice. Okay. To me, them two different things. Okay. So if I'm just housing money, I just go in, drop it in, then I do what I do. Or I could drop the money in, but I can say, hey, let me call Keith because I got a question, you know, related to something with my business. Right. Or let me call Keith to see if he knows anybody who deals with social media. Right. So to me, that place, I'm housing money, but I'm getting advice. Got you. So you're saying if you're going to have a checking account that's getting a minimal return, you better use that relationship to maximize the resources available at that commercial lending. Yes. Okay. That, make, that, that makes perfectly good sense. So... Another another situation. So we talked about the first thing you talked about were having access to resources. What we just brought back that 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 point back around. The second thing uh, was being able to. Uh, Lord, I just forgot. What was the second thing? What was the second thing, JP? First thing was the resources, right? And anyway, we'll we'll get past that. So I want to talk about. The idea that these banks are sitting there to give money to people who need loans. Like, so the idea that people can get loans from commercial banks without collateral. That's what I wanted to run back to. And I hear a lot of people, they're under the impression that banks are there to just give them money. And so I want you to talk about how banks do structure loans. Like, like most people have to offer collateral. So tell us about the whole process of... Um, if there are any opportunities to get loans, maybe a line of credit or something, normally what that looks like, and then like bigger things if it has to be okay. collateralized or not. So, and I'll progress up. So, mm -hmm. say Byron just opened XYZ shop. Okay. So, I have no sales history to say, you know, I, I grossed 100000 last year. 25000 that type of thing. So, remember I said earlier, checking account base building block, right? That was number two. <laughs> yeah. So, the checking account is that building block. The next thing for a startup, because they have no history, and usually institutions will look at the first two years. Because usually most businesses fail within two years. <laughs> within two years. Yeah. So they want to see like a history of two years. So, but 
when I start out, what I want to do is get a credit line, which would be a business credit card. Okay. So say, for example, I, I qualify for a credit card that's 5000 So essentially, I have a line of credit for $5,000. Now, before you go further, what would qualify me for that? I know everybody has a different measure, but generally, would it be that I've been in business a certain amount of time, my personal credit is such, what would qualify me initially? For that, your personal credit. Okay. So, you know, if you got strong credit, then it can qualify you for a thousand, five thousand, or ten thousand. So you're the securing agent for your business. Yes. Okay. So they're looking at your because we talked about that earlier. They're looking at your character to say, you know, this guy paying bills at home. He's doing all the things right. You know, his credit history is strong. So that means the risk of that is less. So you can qualify for more. So people will start out checking account, they get the credit card. And then they want to use the credit card like it has an up and down flow. So for example, if I had a $10,000 credit card, then I want to make sure I spend 30% or less on that card. So say I spent three grand on the card, then my payment is due the next month. I pay on time. Right. I don't necessarily have to pay it off. Right. But whatever the payment is due, I'm paying on time all the time. So then that makes my credit history stronger. So then a year goes by, then I have some gross sales. So then I can go say, okay, you know, I'm paying on time, I got some sales. And then say I get to two years behind me. So my company could uh, go out to try to get a line of credit. So if I got history, I'm paying that credit card good. I'm using it properly. Uh I'm not matching it out. And then, say, usually they'll land 20% of your gross sales. So on 50,000, you know, I can get 10,000 line of credit. So then I go out to get a line of credit. Sales strong, et cetera. And then they advance me the line. Then I'm savvy with using that as well. So that's a strategy of building credit without having a necessarily offer collateral, right? Okay, and that usually is what a two year, three year. Yeah, I would say two year. Okay, you know people can get it uh, prior to that, but you know their credit's gonna be really strong, right? But just for the average person. To me, the rule of thumb be 24 months, two years. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And that's, that's, that's something that normally when I'm doing the entrepreneurship workshops, I always tell people, you know, people talk about grants and getting a bank loan. Like I always tell them, 
it's probably not going to happen just because of the earliness of uh, your company. You know, it hasn't built, like you said, it hasn't built up a history. But again, there are also ways, like you said, that people can bank and build their business and potentially get a line of credit from the bank. You know, it just, it's just, it's got to be a very small micro, depending on where they are, right. it's got to be a smaller endeavor. Um, also, they also look for outside investment or they continue to work and save and invest in their business until they're able to build a stronger banking relationship with a commercial And, and I would say that this, this thing of patience is key. Everybody wants something to happen. Overnight. Everybody want to get rich overnight. I get it. Just like that. Right. But it don't happen like that. So I run into people who they just will not be patient and say, okay, here's the steps we have to do. And you and I play ball, <laughs> right? right? You practice. You practice blocking, tackling. Right. Right? right? You got to learn the plays. It just don't happen right? because we show up, right? Right, right, because we're excited about it. <laughs> it <laughs> just don't happen. So you got to go through step A, step B, step C, step D. That could take a year. Right, right. But we have to do our due diligence on that because I run into people whose credit, you know, they had some credit challenges, right? And we say, okay, here's what you got to do. Oh, but I wanted to. It don't work that way. I, I wish it would. <laughs> but you asked me, and right, I'm, and I'm telling, telling you, right. you got to go through step A, B, C, D. If you do that, then it'll work. So it's, so I, so this, this aspect of the conversation is cool for me because I, I'm, even when I hear the idea of having a commercial banking relationship, I still I still minimize it. I still only use it to, you know, if we get payments coming in from clients and we're sending off payments, we're just using that as a transaction. And I and I feel like I do underutilize um, the banking relationships that I have. So even that has made me think about, okay, well, let me get over here and see, you know, what more my bank can do for me. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I just think that given that perspective, that can be value that I'm not realizing. And, and and a lot of that still falls on, one, does the person you dealing with, you know, whether that's me or anybody mm -hmm. else, care about what I'm doing? Right, right, right. <laughs> you that know, do good. they care that I become successful? And you can tell if a person does or doesn't because if you call for advice, they're going to give it to you. You call for help, they're going right. to get And they have no vested interest in trying to get what you got. Right, right. You know, they're just trying to help you get where that is always the trying to go. That's, right? that's always a good message. So I would just say that uh, a key that I've also seen is that people, when they go to banks, they'll say, well, I'm not willing to risk none of my money. <laughs> right? Nobody, you don't want skin in the game. You don't you know, want I, I only want to take your money. I don't, <laughs> I, this ain't a relationship. I'm just taking. The relationship is me taking from the bank. Right. Yeah. 
or if I want to buy a, a, a property, I want it funded 100%. Right. Well, no, <laughs> it don't work that way. You, you know, you got to put 20% down. Right, right. Not 180 right, 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 right. But 20%. So you got to have skin in this game. You got to either use some of your money, raise some money. Right. Uh, they got all this stuff out here now. Go fund me, all of this. So what you're saying is some of these commercial banks are willing to help people. Right. And that's, and that's a good thing because a lot of people out there feel like the banks aren't trying to help them for whatever reason, be it the color of their skin, the amount of money in their bank account. People need um, some hand-holding and how to do things personally with their finances. And a lot of people don't feel like the traditional commercial bank is there to help them. But you're saying, hey, look, explore more of the banks out there. See what the banks have to offer, and then pick your bank based on maybe how much they're willing to help you. Right. You, it's more than, and like I tell people, whether you uh, deal with me or somebody else, at least you should get something out of going into that institution. Okay. So to me, if if I go out of there more educated than when I went in, then that was a value. That's <laughs> yes. that's, that's, a, that's a value. Now I may end up doing the loan somewhere else. Right. But they showed me what I needed to do. You know, to get where I'm trying, you know, trying to go. Right. So I, I just think that um, we need to slow down. This is not Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter. It's not immediately. <laughs> not immediately <laughs> happening. It ain't none of that. Okay. And then put a game plan in place and then methodically work. The plan. Get the plan and then work it. Banking to me is the base foundation because I, I do have to have somewhere to put my money. Right. I do have to have somewhere to pay bills out of. Right. I do have to have some pocket where I can structure it uh, to uh, keep account of what I'm doing so when I file my taxes it's easily accessible. So, you know, you need a, a foundation for that. So, yes, I'd go to a bank and I think bigger banks have, um, and I can't say that for all, uh, I can just say that for who I work for, mm -hmm. U.S. Bank is usually like their internet systems, mobile banking is more robust. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, than a lot of places. You know, it's just more robust. What do you think about the idea of using uh, these commercial banks as investment uh, vehicles? In the sense that, you know, of course you have checking, you have savings, you have CDs. Would you recommend that people find other ways to invest their money if they're looking for better growth. Right, and, and I, I think a thing they're missing 
with larger institutions, especially on the investment side, is that they have huge in, in, uh, investment wings that deal with depending on you know people's income level and that type of thing to where they really can advise people on what to do. So you're saying so so for a larger bank maybe like one of the ones you work for you're saying that if I have needs that really are um, larger than the entry level customer you all might have resources that actually help me make better investments with my money. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. when I look at a commercial lender, I'm just looking at they got these, you know, these services, but I'm not looking at how I'm going to grow my money. So you're actually saying, hey, some of these institutions actually have an investment banking side as well as a commercial bank. Right. Side. Okay. They have large, robust gotcha. sides gotcha. that probably a lot of people are not aware of as they should be. Uh, you know, estate planning. Uh, you know, investment strategies, et cetera. Okay. So we, we have customers and they come in and it's bigger than just, you know, the average startup person. So what you're saying is I've been really, I've been really not being fair to you guys. Basically, when I, when I, when I, when I talk to these, when I talk to startup <laughs> companies and I talk to entrepreneurs and I say, look, that bank is not your friend, they they actually are your friend, but they're friend with with uh, with certain required skin in the game. You know what I mean? So so yeah, they, they have resources that can help you, but the standard foundation for a startup when you go in trying to capitalize your business, they're just not gonna be there handing out money. And they might not be there handing out money after year one or two in the way that you want it, but they also have these other resources that could be beneficial to you building right. your business. Right. Okay, that's and I and I pride myself in that if it's something I know I cannot do because I try to make sure I, I know other people. Right, right. That's what I mean by uh, what they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Then I'm gonna let Keith know you need to go see Joe. This fits better with him okay. versus. Let me just right. Bye, right. see ya. Get out of here. I can't, we can't help you, so ain't nobody gonna help you. <laughs> can't nobody in this world, but I know Joe up the street could. So, I I believe that you know if it's something I can't do, and it's something somebody else can do, then I'm gonna let them know. So this is the ultimate in customer service for you. But that's a personal thing. That's not everybody. That's right. something that you're right. personally committed to helping people. Right. So whether I, you was in banking or insurance or whatever, right. you're just a committed person who wants, to, who wants to be able to help people get the resources they need to be successful in whatever they do. And a friend of mine told me one day, this was like maybe 25 years ago, when I was selling insurance. He, he said he, his wife checked every six months at renewals to see who was the cheapest. <laughs> I do, but I do. I check every year. He said, we are, the company I represented at that time was always hired. But they never switched because, because they got advice. And 
they talked among themselves and said, well, it's worth, because whatever we need questions answered, advice, etc., we get it. Make the time. These other folks, we don't know whether that's going to happen or not. So it still comes back to your very first point. Whatever commercial lending institution you decide to work with, or commercial banking institution, make sure they have resources and they and they care about you. Because if they right. don't, then... I don't know why you just housing. Right, right. It's kind of like putting your money in a cookie jar and sticking it under right, the bed. Right, That's it. But it don't help. You know, it's just sitting there. So basically, you can use $300 to set up an account and then body and basically you're 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 this, this is your retainer for all these other relationships right. that the bank might you, have. You you could put a hundred dollars in there and get ten thousand dollars worth of information. That's a great way to look at it. <laughs> that's that's real. That's a great way to look at right? it. Right? That yeah. you didn't pay for. You know, people come to me related to credit. And I'll say, hey, I know somebody that can help you and it's free. They'll be like, huh, what? Wow. You don't even have to pay. Uh-oh. Wow. You just started something. <laughs> so, so, say, who's that? <laughs> and you don't have to pay. So they'll be like, what? And that that's business customers and on the right. consumer side. Right. Email us at, email us at <laughs> moneymondays at artistkeith.com. We'll forward you to, to, to Byron Price, and uh, he'll yeah. help you find that, that resource. So Byron, this is—I mean—that that's been great information. Um, I wanted to switch the conversation just a little bit, in a sense, and I want to ask, um, man, banks have an idea of using an aggregate amount of money that they get from from uh, from their customers, and they make these investments that essentially realize them some return. So I mean, banks take all these uh, accounts, they use that money to make bigger investments. We've talked to some other people, this is our fourth episode, we talked to some other people about investment strategies. Just, you know, in, in a small kind of uh, summary, what, what do you think is a good investment strategy for the average hard-working American person? I, if they make $30,000 or they make 300000 what are some things that people can and should do Period. And and my and I'm gonna say my wife taught me this. My my wife opened uh, what is it? Five twenty nine. Okay, for the the uh, education. Fund. Education. Fund. And that's the only that only state of Missouri is that for? She did the one for the state of Missouri. Okay. okay. So she opened five twenty nine. And this just so people who might not know. That's an investment vehicle, almost like a mutual fund, for right. you to be able to invest toward your child's education. Yes. And do you understand what's the structure of the return? Do you understand? I don't understand. I don't. I don't know it. I never researched. I, I, and I'm gonna tell you, I never really. Well, then go look it up. Five twenty nine <laughs> plan. <laughs> but here, here's to me the basic building strategy on that. Emmanuel, who's 25 now, he was 10 when she did it. So he, you know, at 17 and 16, he graduated from high school. 
So every incrementally, every paycheck, she dropped money in there. Incrementally. So over time, boom, 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 boom. Never touched it. So essentially dollar cost averaging. Yes. Compound interest. Right. So in the end, when he went on off to Hampton, we looked up, and I was like, dang, you know that much in there? Nice chunk of change. Yeah. So that helped carry him through. So what I've learned is if you got, if you make it $500 a month, if you say, I'm saving 10% of my $500 every paycheck, and I'm putting that in incrementally. Right. Then over time, you know, compound average, all of that comes into play. What most people don't do, they don't do that. Right. They don't put money aside and just drop it in. Because you're always going to have an emergency. There's always going to be a rainy Always. Day. A guy told me in this class I was teaching that what him and his wife did was every time they broke some some bills, and if it was a $5 bill that they got back, they didn't spend the $5 bill. They had a place they put the $5. And that didn't make it easier for you because they got all these apps that take your change. You spend it. Next thing you know, hey, you, you broke a five, you can put the rest in, or you break a dollar, you can put the rest in. And they have some that take it so far where not only does it take the change and save it for you, now it offers you different funds you can invest in. It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. You, there, there are opportunities where people can save money, but I think it's like you mentioned earlier, a lot of times people want to see immediate return. Right. And don't realize that if you just drop it 50 bucks off, you know, every week, um, you know, that puts you at about twenty seven hundred bucks for that right. year. Right. I mean, that's and, and before you know it, that twenty seven hundred there is there to help you build on some more. Because I, I believe too that if you save incrementally like that, psychologically you start to live off of what you have. That's right. That's right. Versus when you do up and down, then it never works. And I'm a firm believer of paying yourself first, and I and I do try to take thirty percent. I don't always, but I try to take thirty percent right. of anything that I, I put my hands on and stash it away somewhere. Um, I got one last question. We wrap it up because this 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 is valuable to me, and hopefully it's valuable to the people watching. My last question is more like a, a just a discussion point, and it might go further than, or it might be short. But um, now, why why don't we have more black-owned banks in the black community in 2018? Because it, it doesn't. It, it is there just not interest from a collective of people who could fund it? Is it not necessary to have a uh, specifically a black-owned bank? What? What if we look at that as a as a resource or an alternative in the community? Why don't you think we have them? Um, just in your opinion. 
Well, you I, don't have to get I, if it's a problem with your, with your company. Then I you know uh, I just okay. I'm just curious. I I just think that one most of us don't know how to a bank is charted and started structured. Okay, we just don't know. And then I think two is that <clears throat> especially what I've learned is that. From a lending and banking institution, that it, it whether it's black owned, I don't think it could be narrow to that. Gotcha. I think it has to be like a broader perspective to that, okay. because uh, you want to lend to everybody. You know, whether they white, black, purple, or green, right. you want to lend to everybody. So I think. We narrow it, the focus too small okay. when we do that. So I think it starts by how is a bank created? Mm -hmm. You know, what do we need to do to make sure it's solvent so it can be like chartered? I think, I think, and the, then what our customer base is going to be and what we're going to find, we're going to have to go after a broader context than just. No, and I, I don't think that market. Set. When I think of black bank, I don't think of a black bank, or African American owned bank, or, or African descent bank as somebody just going after people of color. I'm thinking that they're going after everybody. But the idea that in the vertical, that where some banks don't seem to value African American customers, or some banks tend to redline, you know, with with certain types of lending. Or some banks may have some discriminatory practices, or like this, like Wells Fargo, or whatever bank um, was fined billions of dollars because they had practices of creating false accounts or creating extra fees. I think that that is the concern and the idea that um, some of these banks just don't have the interests of people of color who might have low to marginal income doesn't necessarily mean that that problem is solved with an African-American-owned bank. I just wonder that, you know, if we have more options for people who may be more concerned, would that put the community in itself, black, brown, otherwise people, in a better situation? I, I just think that a lot of time with lending and banking, what I see is people don't just don't understand banking. They don't understand money. They don't right. They don't understand money. They don't understand banking. And then they kind of extrapolate it to, you know, they're being mistreated. Gotcha. But it comes more from not understanding this is what you need when you show up. Gotcha. People are just there's guidelines, you know, that have to be followed. Right. But here's what you need when you walk through the door. Gotcha. So I think there just needs to be a lot more education taking place on money and, and banking. And really just money in general. Gotcha. You know how money. And that's what we're trying to do with system. this. You know, right. we're just trying. It's just this is awareness piece. The money Monday's thing is not for us to be. You know, hey, look at what we do. What we're trying to do. What we're doing right. There's a lot of ways. As one of our guests said previously, uh, Chris 
uh, Harrell, he was like, there's a lot of ways to do things. Some people have preferences that will return them or realize them a smaller return. Some people will realize a higher risk, a higher return. A lot of different things you can do, but um, yeah, I respect that. I just, um, like I said, I, I just always think that um, we have challenges as a community, and sometimes we have needs that aren't being met. And, I, and, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of times where I think education is key. I think a lot of times there's um, there's also situations where not having a place at the table allows you to, you know, that old saying, you know, if you're uh, if you're not holding the menu, then you might be on the menu type thing. Right. You know what I mean? So. But I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you shared um, because, again, I'm the number one person talking about, you know, if you're trying to do some business with something, don't think about those commercial banks. Go go make your money or go find private investment. But uh, clearly there's a, a lot of value to some of the lenders, and I'm going I'm to start calling in value tomorrow because I, I think that people owe me some time. <laughs> I appreciate you, Bob, right, man. Thank you. That's it. Um, you can get more information about Money Mondays by emailing us at moneymondays at artistkeith.com. We have Byron Price here today. He's a commercial bank. If you want to get in touch with him, we'll forward any of your information. Uh, if we got any questions, take a couple questions before we leave. Not a lot of questions. The, all the, he, he hit it when he, he said about that. That credit info, <laughs> they're supposed to be emailing. They should be emailing. I well, think we're going to get some emails. Get some now. emails about it. Okay. Well, JP, we appreciate it. Also, you can follow JP at unheardmedia.biz. Also, follow her on Only One JP CEO. Uh, you can follow me at Artist Keith, both on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, blah, 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 blah. So, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Hi, this is Artist Keith, and I want to thank you for listening to Money Mondays with Artist Keith. also want to encourage you to download our podcast at Podbean and follow us on social media. If you have any questions or you have any ideas, please reach out to us at moneymondays at artistkeith.com. Thank you again for listening, and I hope Money Mondays has been a great help to your financial goals.